Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Now, David, I'm going to try and even learn and grow more again, so as we pray over you before you deliver this message. Lord, I ask that you speak through uh, David, um, give us the teaching, and like I said, to help us learn and grow. Amen. Amen. All right, where's the youth group? Are we over here in the corner? You're on standby because I'm going to need you in just a couple minutes, two or three or four of you anyway. We're going we're gonna to act out some, some of the scripture. I don't know if anybody saw it. There's been on the news little segments about a revival going on at Asbury College. Still going on after 10 days. I graduated from Asbury College in 1974. I know, I'm old. We had a baccalaureate service. Do high schools still do that? Some? I'm a senior graduating, and oh, we got to go to, it's required. We had to go to the baccalaureate service at the chapel. We get there, so the singing is always great in that chapel. It was outstanding. Then they introduced a guest speaker, and they helped this poor, feeble, old man. Two men on each, one on each side, helped him up to the pulpit. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. This can't be good, you know. The guy was really old. And I mean really old. Gave the best sermon I ever heard. He was absolutely outstanding. A few of you in here will recognize the name. It was Dr. Vance Havner. And the message that day was, on this rock I stand. Some, someday I'll do that here too, just for fun. Okay, we have a lot of ground to cover. Lana, you have the clicker? Who's got a clicker? I don't want a clicker. You're going to flip sides. The prodigal father. Now, I know most of you are going to call this the prodigal son. The definition of the word prodigal means to lavish, squander, and waste away your resources. It was the father that squandered and lavished and wasted away his love on both his sons. But this is a story that's embedded in several other stories. They're the parables of the lost. So... This is a passage of scripture that really uh, changed my life. I was stubborn. I was rebellious. God had to go the extra mile to get my attention. Like he had to drop a safe on my head. Yeah, some of you are stubborn like that. This This is the safe he dropped on my head. Luke chapter 15, they are called the parables of the lost. There are four parables, four stories. So now I need, uh, I need a, a young person. Give me any of you. Come on up here. We got a job. I tell you what, bring another one. You're never going to find it. 
Somewhere up here is a lost sheep. When you think of sheep, you think of what? Cotton, soft, cuddly. See if you can find the sheep. Just go, go, on, and, go on and start hunting for the sheep. It's, this one's easy to find. All the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around to listen to Jesus. And so the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. He found the sheep. Cool. Put the sheep on on the altar there. He's a nice sheep. You can name him if you want. Fluffy. That's good. That'd be fluffy there. Jesus told him this parable, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the pasture, go after the one that is lost, until he finds it. When he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. And he comes home and calls together his friends and his neighbors and tells them, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous ones who do not need to repent. What's the percentage of the lost? One percent. Who's the main character in this first story? The shepherd. Thank you. These stories are going to progress on to show you how much God loves us. It's the safe that landed on me. John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Second story, the lost coin. Luke 15, 8 through 10. What woman who has 10 silver... We might need to replace you two. We need a couple women. Can we get a couple of the girls in either group? Yeah, that'd be better. Come on up here and help us find a coin. She has 10 silver coins and she loses one of them She lights the lamp, she sweeps the house, she kicks everybody out of bed, and she searches carefully until she finds it. Somewhere up here is a coin. You got to look and turn things over. This woman kicked everybody. She turned on, it was nighttime, we know that, because she lit all the lamps in the house until she finds this coin. When she finds it, did we find it yet? Keep looking. You're cold. It's over on this side. (laughs) When she finds it, she calls together her friends and her neighbors to say, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. Did you find the coin? God bless you. Thank you. Cool. And that's fluffy. Yeah, be careful with fluffy. Third story, the lost son, Luke 15. We're going to divide it. I think we got two different slides on this one. It's a little bit longer. Jesus said, there was a man. Wait, wait, let's go back up. Who was the main character in that lost coin story? The woman who lost the coin. What was the percentage? She had how many coins to start with? Ten. She lost one. So now we progressed. 1%, now we're at 10%. Then Jesus said there was a man who had two sons. The younger said to him, Father, give me my share 
of the estate. And so he divided his property between them. And after a few days, the younger son got everything together, and he journeyed to a distant, distant country where he squandered his wealth in a wild living. After he spent all that he had, a severe famine swept through that country, and he began to be in need. Now let's back up here and say, you know, what's the percent this time? How many sons did he have? Two. How many's lost? One. Well, they're both lost. We'll get there. So we're at 50%. We went from one to 10 to 50. This guy goes off to this foreign country. The famine swept through that country and he began to be in need. So he went out and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. Not acceptable for a nice Jewish young man. Not, can't do that. And he longed to fill his belly with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one would give him anything. And it's kind of like being down and out. Maybe you've been there. Bills came in. Car broke down. Girlfriend ran away with somebody else. Whatever. There's always a down and out story. We've all been there. We've all lived that. He's to the point he's pretty well desperate. So finally, he came to his senses. There's a turning point in the story. How many of my father's hired servants have plenty of food? But here I am, starving to death. I will get up and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. The definition of repentance, very simple definition, is to turn your life around. Years ago, now those of you up in my old, there were commercials put out by Esso. Might have been Exxon, but I think Esso was before Exxon that you had to have a tiger in your tank. Anybody remember those? Put a tiger in your tank. And you had tigers out there by the SS, little cardboard tiger pictures and stuff. You need a tiger in your tank. And the gas has an additive to give you this tiger in your tank. Most of us go throughout life hunting additives. Additives can be very addictive. Additives could be could be greed, could be money, could be power, could be drugs, could be alcohol. We all have this assumption, if, if I add this to my life, it'll get better. It's sort of like we're driving down the interstate. We need this additive, but things are still going pretty loud. Did you ever add the thing you wanted and, and life didn't get any better at all? We're making great time, but we're going the wrong way. And Jesus is standing in the median and he holds up his hand. And he says, stop, turn around, turn your life around, go the other direction. And better yet, move over and let me drive. Good, good definition of repentance. Picking up with verse 20. Now, here's where we get to the exciting part. You'll have to forgive me. And I'm normally more animated. I've had setbacks with my back again. It's not a big deal. While he was still in the distance, other translations say he was a long way off. 
His father saw him. Now, those of you that are parents and you've had kids and they're out late at night and you went a little past your curfew, if you're like me, I'm up, I am pacing back and forth. I'm looking out the window. Are they coming home? When are they going to get here? What's going on? And his father is pacing back and forth. If he's a long way off, how'd the father see him? Because the father was watching for him, longing for his son to come back home. Look at this story. His father saw him and was filled with compassion. And he knocked a door frame out of the rooms and ran down the road. Did you ever see a story where God was running? He ran to his son. And he embraced him and he kissed him. And the son declared, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. The father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let us feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Who's the main story in this character, or main character in this story? You think it's the son? It's absolutely the father. Absolutely the father. Son was a bum. He took his inheritance and went away and lived crazy. Had is he is he a smart son? He's smart enough to turn around and go back home, and that's about as much as you can say for him at first. The father, on the other hand, loves his son so much he runs down the road and they put a robe on him, he kisses him, and the son says, no, I, I, don't wanna, I need to be a servant, and the, and the father didn't hear it. They began to celebrate. Again, the definition of prodigal, to squander and waste away your resources. The story's not about, these stories aren't about sheep's coins or sons, it's about the prodigal father who wastes away his love on us. Think about it, 1%, 10%, 50%. He'll do whatever he has to do to get us back into the family. All right. Parables of the lost, the fourth story, the lost son. This gets pretty interesting. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And as he approached the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants, and he asked, What is going on? Your brother has returned, he said, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has come back safe and sound. And the older son became angry. Now who's lost? The other son. What's the percentage now? 100%. We're all lost. Wasn't that movie, American Graffiti, the girl was in the car, and she's pounding on the windows, get me out, get me out. Some guy walks by and he says, we're all prisoners, baby. They don't make good movies anymore. Anyway, okay. This older son is angry. He wouldn't even go in. He refused to go in. The older son became angry, refused to go in, so his father came out and pleaded with him. 
But he answered his father, Look, all these years I have served you and never disobeyed a commandment of yours, yet you never gave me even a young goat. And I'm not believing that part. I think he's hyping that up. So I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours returns from squandering your wealth with prostitutes, how, how does he know how the other son spent his money? Didn't mention prostitutes in the other story. No, but that's not in there. This guy knows about it. Somebody's been keeping score. He's, he's as lost or more lost than the other son. He, he wasted his money on prostitutes like he's kind of saying, where's my money for prostitutes? Huh? Could be. And you kill the fatted calf for him. Son, you are always with me. All that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. John fifteen thirteen. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. Yes, I went to Asbury College. It was somewhere between 650 and 680 miles away from home. At that time, and when I was a senior in high school, I bought a Barracuda S. That one's not an S. It's sort of an S. They came from the factory with Krager SS mags, four speeds, really hopped up, real high-torque motors, and had racing stripes. I couldn't find a picture with one with mags and racing stripes. It's a great car. Love that car. So my first year I'm down there, I wound up on academic probation. Okay, give me a hard time. I actually graduated with honors. When I made the dean's list, I, I, have a, I, I think we still have them. We had a whole stack of the papers that had all the names of the people in, in, on the dean's list. It took a while to get there. I was a very rebellious young man. I make either of these sons look pretty good. I was ugly, defiant, really ugly to my parents. I worked for several years to save up money. And I was in high school the whole time I'm working. I worked at a Tom McCann shoe store. Anybody remember Tom McCann shoes? They were good shoes, by the way. You couldn't, they, had, they sold kids' shoes. Your kids couldn't wear them out. We had them bring some back that were pretty beat up. We'd give them another pair, but they were still serviceable. They just were all beat up. Anyway, I worked my way through college. I was so defiant, I didn't, I didn't ask my parents for a dime. So my freshman year, I'm down there and struggling with, with studies on academic probation. I studied all night for my finals. I don't know, any, those of you that have been in college, you study and you, it's, you pull an all-liner, we call it. And I studied all night. Time to take this, these exams. I took the exams. Time to go home. I had $25 left. That's all I had. I knew that I could get home on $20 worth of gas. Back in the day, it was... I bought a lot of gas for 19 cents a gallon. We used to have gas wars. 
Anyway. I'm going to drive home at night. I left about 7 o'clock, driving all night long. It was about a 10, 12-hour drive. I had to have the other $5 to cross the Pennsylvania Turnpike. That's what it cost at that time. It's 40-something now. Yeah, little inflation there. I'm driving across there, and I got around Columbus, Ohio, and boom, I blew, now my, my car, I love that car more than I love myself. Had all new tires and stuff. Blew a tire, of all things. So I'm in this, leap, limped into this gas station, and the guy says, you need to put your spare on. Now I said, no, I don't think so. The spare is bald as a baby's head. It's bald as my head. He said, well, I got, a, I got a used tire I can put on for you. Oh, that sounds good. How much going to cost? Five bucks. Sell me the tire. So now the plan is my head is going. When I get almost to the end of the Pennsylvania Turnpike where it crosses over the, the uh, Turnpike Bridge into New Jersey, I will call my dad. He gets up early to go to work. And I'll tell him, I need you to meet me over at the toll booth and pay my toll because I, you know, blew a tire. Ball. I didn't drive 20 minutes on that used tire. Never buy a used tire. Drove 20 minutes. Boom, that tire blew out. Now I don't have a choice. I got to put this bald spare on. I drove for a couple more hours. Halfway across Pennsylvania, I stopped. Will you accept a collect call from David Gerber? He used to call collect. I didn't have any money. That's the way it worked. You could tell Dad had just gotten up, sleepiness in his voice, and he says, yeah. And I told him my story, and I blew a tire, put a used tire, blew that. I need you to meet me at the end of the turnpike and pay the toll. Okay, I said, as a matter of fact, it might be a good idea to bring one of my other rims and tires because I'm running on a, a bald spare. So, okay. You have no idea what it took for me to, you know, call my dad. <laughs> I drive up. I don't know where the toll guy was. It's 4.30 in the morning. Wasn't anybody out there driving around, you know. But I looked, there was, they had all these red lights over the toll collection places, that one green one, and I look in there, and there's my dad. <laughs> He's standing there. I get up. He slides a little thing open. I give him my toll ticket. He pays the money, and he looks down. He said, welcome home, something. Hmm. Sorry. And then he said, let's go get some breakfast. So the healing began.
This is a story that demonstrates just how much the Father loves all of us. 1%, 10%, 50%, 100%. He'll knock the door out of the wall and run down the road to throw his arms around you. When somebody says God loves you, they're not kidding. He loves us more than we'll ever know. And I'm glad he does. Yeah, put them up there. We got, what else we got? Came from the factory with a four-speed. It was a great car. At 200,000 miles, I had to get rid of it. You could see through the side into the trunk. All those old Mopar muscle cars were rust buckets. Really rough. Okay, let us pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We don't deserve it. We thank you that you squander and lavish and waste away your love on us. As the song said a while ago, surround us with that love. Saturate us with that love. Drop a safe on our head with that love. More than anything, help us open our hearts that we might be receptive to that love. We pray through Christ. Amen. Do you have the closing? Do I have the closing? Who's got the closing here? You got the closing. Okay. I got it. Working? How how do we do? Now, as Steve always close out, uh, the challenge he always brings to the all little of us. kid watched the preacher take his watch off and put it on a thing. He said, Daddy, what does it mean when he does that? And the dad said, absolutely nothing. <laughs> I was wondering about that. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> There's a hidden message there. But as he always tells us, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and please love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. And you're also invited back next week. Please come. Thank you for listening to the Wapaknas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.